This episode of Super Boothers is brought to you by PB Backdrops, photo booth accessories, and more. Get anything you need for your photo booth business. Visit their website at pbbackdrops.com and use promo code SUPERBOOTHERS at checkout for 10% off. Code expires June 30th. Hello and welcome to Super Boothers. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ismail. And we were seriously just laughing at each other right now. We're, we record separately and we're Skyping and I was dancing to the music and I'm trying so hard not to laugh. Um, He's got some moves. He's got some moves. <laughs> today's an amazing day. Today we have Justin Jowett from all the way from Australia. G'day, Justin, guys. how are you? Down on the Great to be here. No, thank you, mate. Doing really well. It's um, it's first thing in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning. So I've just sat down in the office. Couldn't think of a better way to start the day than um, having a podcast uh, with you guys. I I want to hold a koala when I'm down there. Uh, you come down here. We'll organise that for you. Perfect. So I'm actually coming down to Australia in January for BoothCon, which is um, one of Justin's many things. He's so unaccomplished, I'm telling you. I don't know what he does with this time all day. He has BoothCon. He has Photo Booth Finder for Australia and the US. Seriously, I couldn't keep up with you, and I'm busy myself. Yeah, it's all right. I can't keep up with me either, mate. I don't know how I get things done during the day, but you know, as we all know, you've just got to keep trucking through. And um, so many you know, great things to, to work on. So it's a you know, great industry to part, be part of. Absolutely. Um, so let's get right to it. Um, so we were kind of talking about how, I guess, you really had some great things. And one of the biggest things was, you know, defining your market and, and targeting your market. And, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think it's one of the biggest bugbears for, for the average boother who gets into this, particularly if they've got no experience running a business, certainly no experience in marketing before. Uh, they find themselves you know, spending money on, on advertising. They know they've got to advertise and market their business, but um, they're not doing it effectively. And, and, and what they are effectively doing is throwing away a lot of money uh, because they're not targeting uh, their target market with those ads and uh, their, their marketing and their branding. So I think there's, you know, there's a better way and some, maybe some guidance that uh, we can hopefully... Uh, impart on them today to help them define who their market is and therefore how to reach them better. So in the US, we have yellow pages, and I'm pretty sure that may be the only thing that I'm in. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Um, no, but I think that that was one mistake I think that I made very much early on is I spent money to be in every magazine. Um, I did all the local magazines. I did the not. I did Wedding Wire when they first came out. I mean, I can't tell you how much money I spent every month on that stuff. I can imagine, and I've been there. You know, I was an operator for five years myself. I know exactly, you know, that that, that bugbear, that pain. I mean, you know, it's so hard to earn the money, and when you watch it sort of just flitter out out the door as you throw money, you know, good money after bad, um, you know, it's it's heartbreaking because you're thinking, well, what am I doing wrong? And unfortunately, I think, you know, we all fall into that trap. What advice do you have in in you know? Okay, I'm starting out. Where should I put my ad dollars? Well, firstly, before you even start advertising, uh, and this is where I think people go wrong, is that they think, oh, I'll just buy a, buy a couple of booths, one or two, and I'll set up a website, and then I'll just target everyone that wants a photo booth. And therein lies the problem. Um, what people need to get clear on is, who are they targeting? Who is their target market? Because gone are the days of just having a booth and being the only operator in town, and therefore just attracting everybody. You, we now have a, a, a market that is 
you know, fairly saturated with options for the public, which is awesome. Um, but it also makes it hard to stand out above the above all the noise of everybody that's around you. So you've got to get clear on on who it is that um, you want to uh, attract and who who is part of you know your tribe. Uh, everybody uh, innately has a tribe, um, people that they sort of uh, steer towards. And I think we all need to get clear on our on our message and, and which tribe you know we're offering a service to. Whether that's you know, weddings, parties, and even within those categories, we have to get very clear on on exactly what types of weddings and uh, what types of uh, general events and parties we're, we're targeting. I was going to jump in and say that yeah. from a personal standpoint, I'm very excited to learn because our photo booth rental business isn't really targeted. Uh, so I'm looking to learn personally from this uh, from this episode. But before we dig into it, you mentioned you were an operator for a while. Can you tell us about how that experience was? Are you still an operator? If not, why'd you stop? I'd like to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, certainly. So in about 2009, um, which was, uh, you know, very much the, the infancy of the photo booth industry in Australia, um, I had a good friend in, uh, in another st- city who, who had started a photo booth business and um, it had taken off for him. He was one of the very first in our country uh, back in 2007. And he just said, look, you know, I've got this, this great business. I think you should do it in your city. And uh, that's how I got into it. And um, I was part of a, a franchise model for uh, nearly five years. So I had uh, his assistance. He was, you know, uh, leading the marketing and everything. Um, and he did a reasonably good job. But looking back on it, I think there's, there's things that we could have done better. But that was how I got into it. And um, around about 2014, um, I got out of the industry. I sold my business uh, to start uh, Photo with Finder in Australia because of this targeting, because of this realisation that I think that uh, operators aren't... Um, uh, could do a better job at actually reaching their target market. My target market is people who pay me money. Um. That's <laughs> <laughs> the day. Absolutely. So, what? Let's say I'm starting out. What is a good target market? Where should I start out? Well, the first thing that you should do is is analyze your market, so your local area. There's there's no right or wrong market to target. It's a matter of finding the right niche. Um, and I think you guys in America say niche. Is that right? You guys say niche rather than niche? I say niche. You say niche? I, I say okay. niche too. I've heard yeah. both over there, so I'm, I'm always a bit confused. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. We'll stick with niche. Sorry to anyone who says niche. Oh, um, my God. We're so Australian. <laughs> I'm going to fit in so perfectly. <laughs> Happy days. Um, so really, the best advice I give anybody that's starting out is do a competitor analysis. Before you spend a dollar on a photo booth or on, on branding, you need to go out into your local area and see, well, what's already here? Um, and then once you've got a good overview of what's already there, you know, if there's loads of companies doing middle-of-the-road parties, you know, sort of your five to $700 mark general parties, well, then you don't want to get into that market. If there's hardly anyone doing corporate, you might consider that, although that is a very hard market. The, the money's there, but it's a very hard market. But you know, it's a matter of finding where the gaps are in your local market and then going in strong with a clear message and being and filling that market. So, and when I say markets, I mean, you know, as I said, the general parties is one, weddings is another, corporate's another, school events, uh, even religious events. It's, um, you know, depending on, on your city and your, um, your uh, demographics, you know, uh, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and christenings and, you know, religious events uh, can be quite a, um, quite a big uh, market for some cities so you know that's that's something that can be um exploited uh and taken advantage of uh, by catering to you know one thing that you mentioned that i think is important not only for 
not only for new people, but also very much experienced people, one of the things I think everyone should do is really reevaluate, maybe like every 18 months or so, what people are charging in your area. Go online, find out, you know, what people, and not, not in a sleazy way. I mean, if they're, don't send out a fake email or anything saying, Hey, I want to book an event, but if they have their events or if they have their pricing posted, absolutely start a little spreadsheet, write it down how much they're charging for a three hour event, four hour event and what's included and just kind of keep yourself, you know, comparable to everyone else. Absolutely. Ryan. I mean, you've got to have your finger on the pulse. You don't need to be looking at at your business, uh, your competitors all the time because it will actually drive you crazy and do your head in. But a a touch point every 12 to 18 months is a great idea and a great way of just testing the market, particularly if you see, you know, changes, if you've been getting, you know, know, whatever, 30, 40 um, inquiries a month and suddenly that drops off, well, you might think to yourself, hey, what's what's causing this? And and if you do a little quick competitor analysis, you might find that somebody has entered into your niche and now you've got a really head-to-head competitor. And then you need to be a little bit more mindful of, of your next move. Yeah. One of the things that I think I learned very quickly was, you know, in, and I operate in five markets and I really noticed that I was losing a lot of business and I'm like, wait a minute, why am I losing so much business? And I found out it was because of my delivery fee. Um, Uh, for the longest time I was, I know for the longest time I was charging a delivery fee for, you know, areas outside, you know, major, you know, loops and cities or what have you. And once I dropped off the delivery fee, it like evened out again. And it was just like, I was back on top again. And, and had I not figured that out, you know, I wouldn't have known. So always, always, always keep track of, you know, kind of what else is happening in your market. That's a great, great advice. Definitely, guys. Yep, definitely. A good takeaway for everybody. Finger on the pulse. It's really important. And just to clarify, Justin, it's funny because uh, when I was at the expo in Vegas recently and speaking to a lot of fellow boothers, they seem to understand the importance of targeting their marketing, like having specific landing pages for weddings versus corporate events. So just to clarify your advice, are you saying that it's okay to be a general photo booth company as long as you have targeted marketing? Or are you saying to target your entire business towards one niche? Both. So I think there's, there's, there's no right or wrong way. Again, it comes down to what, uh, what your local market is like, but there, you know, there's no good being um, targeting everybody um, all the time. So we, if you are going to be a general photo booth operator, there's nothing wrong with that, but then you do have to go to the effort of, of creating those landing pages and, and treating everybody as sort of individual markets. And when you, you do go out to actually uh, do advertising and marketing, rather than try and put an ad that, should, that, that you want to appeal to everybody to weddings, parties, everything, as they say, um, you're actually better off than, than creating specific, uh, you know, three or four ads that target each of those markets individually. And that's why, in a way, being a general operator is actually a, a harder thing because you've got to be um, over all your little mini markets um, and, and attracting equal shares of them all if you want to continue to be attracting all those general, um, general markets. Whereas if you are a defined operator, as in you only look after, let's say you call yourself um, LGBT booths and all you do is LGBT events. So you've targeted yourself, uh, your business is branded accordingly. You go after the LGBT market. Um, what are you, you insinuating? Have... <laughs> I'm not insinuating anything. I just I'm think it's super a... offended. <laughs> I just think there's a market for it everywhere, down under and over. Um, that, so... that is not a joke, people. Down under is not a joke. <laughs> It's definitely not a joke. Come down and find out. <laughs> We're all serious people down here. Um, I'm, so I just, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you remembered Photo Booth Expo. <laughs> oh. 
no comment. I'm I'm told Justin had a I'm I'm told Justin had some fun, but that's all right. <laughs> we I, we I all had fun. We all had fun. It's like I didn't travel uh, halfway around the world uh, for three days just to have just, just to have a sparkling water. Ex- just to have a sparkling water, exactly. <laughs> so, so Justin, but if we take back a, to the to the point at yeah. hand, yeah, I was going to say if we take a step back to the listeners who are so just was, starting, yeah. or. Mm they realize later yes. in their business that, that they didn't do this uh, targeting approach and they want to do it now. What advice do you have for them to evaluate their competitors and try to select a niche? How do you go about that process? Do you have any advice for that? Definitely. So um, as we touched on before, set up a spreadsheet um, and, and, and make a, a way of tracking this information. It's no good just getting on Google and, and sort of having a general piggy boo around and thinking, oh, that's what I think it is from looking at a couple of websites. You really need to be thorough. So Create that spreadsheet, break it down to segmentations in terms of uh, figuring out what each of your competitors is not just offering in terms of price and um, booth, but where they service. Really do a sort of mini plan for each of your competitors. Um, and then once you've finished, when, once you've completed all that for all your competitors, and this is a lot of work, uh, but it's worth doing, then you'll have a far better overview of, of where you sit amongst that. And you can decide to pivot. Now, there's nothing wrong uh, with pivoting and pivoting is just a fancy uh, startup term for changing your business to 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 fit a different market. So businesses do this all the time. Um, you know the market changes and sometimes so do you. Or sometimes you realise that you, hey I've gone to market uh, and I'm not really effectively doing um, reaching my business, so I need to change. So you might decide for a rebrand, uh, a total total change. You might decide hey uh, this was the wrong idea with these open booths. Everybody's got open booths. I need to go back to enclosed booths, um, but I'm going to do enclosed booths and target, um, you know, universities and schools. So I'm going to do a really approach, uh, a high approach to targeting those guys. And you might find a way of branding your booths with something that really appeals to, to schools and universities and then rename yourself. So you've got to pivot. You know, I think that the market changes every two years, especially in our industry. And that goes with that goes with equipment. Um, I think the big thing right now is slider booths. I think that everyone is doing slider booths right now. And that's just some in confetti. And yep. that's just the way that the market's going And in two years. No one's going to want that because it's going to be done again. Um, I think for a hot minute there, there was like a roaming photo booth or a human photo booth where, you know, a photographer takes a photo and then sends it out to the guests on an iPad right then and there. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 part of the job of, of, of running your own business is deciding which is a fad and which is and therefore only worth maybe investing a little bit of money in or not investing in at all, um, or deciding that no, this is going to be around to stay and, and making that a core part of your business. And uh, I think it's really important that um, that you you have a few different aspects to your business because it's like it's like the share market. You would never just go out and buy one set of shares thinking this is going to make you millions. You diversify, um, but you've got to be smart in how you do that. And it's the same with, with the photo booths and the services you offer is that you should have a core market, which you are firmly invested in. And then you can offer some auxiliary services, um, which might be based on trends or other uh, complementary services and, and offers that uh, relate to, to our industry. Um, and then also siphon in money that way. So I think it's really important that you have a, a reasonably wide net but not so wide that you, uh, you know, your message is lost. So it's, it is a balancing act. Um, and that's the thing that, uh, the, the, uh, that everybody needs to understand is that uh, as, a, as a business owner and an entrepreneur, your role is to be across that and, and making smart decisions. Nobody can make those decisions for you. We can arm you with 
the right methodologies and um, you know what our, what our advice is how to go about it. But um, really, you've got to be uh, held accountable and responsible for doing that for your business. Hey, Justin, you mentioned uh, pivoting being a term in the startup world. And one other term that I've come across a lot when talking about niches and targeting your market is avatars. Oftentimes, businesses create avatars to kind of help them target a market. Yes. Is that something that you advise as well? And how does that fit into like a photo booth business? How do you suggest to fit that in? Absolutely. So important. That, and then this, is, this comes back again to once you've you figured out uh, who your market is, then you can go and, and create these avatars. Now, for anyone who doesn't know that's listening, an avatar is just a fancy word of, of, of saying what your ideal client looks like. And you can give these avatars a name. Um, so, if, for instance, if you were targeting like Rich Bobby. Um, weddings uh, as one of your core target markets, like Rich Bobby. Yeah, wealthy Annie, Rich What's Bobby. How about just a rich guy that's willing to pay you a lot of money for your event. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep, now, yeah, exactly. So, absolutely, Ismail, you can give them a name. Yeah, um, Whatever that name is, it doesn't really matter. But the important thing is that you're sort of profiling who your, what your ideal client looks like um, so that you can get inside their head. Um, there's a great uh, profiling um, template on digitalmarketer.com. There's many online, but uh, the one that I like to use is digitalmarketer.com. Um, and it sets out the, the five different areas. So you want to give them a name and then sort of list their age, their, their um, marital status, uh, their geographic location, their gender, their occupation, and their income. And you basically want to define them as though they were a real person. So what that average person looks like. Why is it, why is it specifically helpful to create an avatar? The trap we all fall into is, is doing things how we would react or what, we would, um, uh, what would appeal to us. But the thing is, we are not our target market. Um, that's one of the things me personally, you know, running a photo booth business, funnily enough, uh, photo booths was, was nothing that I had at my own wedding because I didn't want it at a wedding, but that doesn't mean there isn't plenty of people out there understood that there was a huge market for photo booths for weddings. Um, so the important thing is creating an avatar allows you to get inside the head of your target market, make smart decisions, uh, for your advertising, um, based on what your avatar or your, your target market would do. And once you've listed all these details, there's goals and values, challenges and pain points, objections, um, and info source. Once you've sort of completed an avatar profile, you sort of step into the role. It's almost like becoming an actor. You step into their role and you put yourself inside them. Where do they shop? Where do they go for their information? What sort of decisions are they likely to make? You know, who do they hang out with? You're trying to find um, as much information uh, about these people so that when it does come time to market to them, to reach them, you know exactly how to get to, uh, yeah, you know, Rich Annie um, because she shops uh, at The Gap or she reads, uh, you know, um, Denver Wedding Brides uh, magazine. Once you've figured all this stuff out, it's so much easier then to decide, hey, I wanna, uh, want the, biz- the wedding side of the business to pick up. Well, how am I going to reach uh, Rich Annie? Oh, that's right. She does all these things. Well, Let's go and we'll advertise in those particular places because there's no point advertising, um, you know, in a, in a budget-conscious um, bridal directory if you're trying to reach uh, Rich Annie because you've actually, you know, got a high price point and a, and a top-end photo booth for weddings. You've got to reach those right clientele and this helps you do that. This, this is also another thing that I struggled with when I was first starting out is you do not design for yourself. You Correct. always have to design for your client. I, I struggled with this a, a, a while back and it took me a while to kind of figure out my groove, but 
one of the things that I learned was if you are, let's just take, um, so I'm in Texas. I operate, I operate in a couple of markets. And one of the things that I've noticed is I have, um, in my system, I can see sales based off of cities. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that in Austin, which is like very rustic, um, you'll have a lot more woods and natural earthy sort of things and my photo booth is glossy it's white it glows it is everything that austin is not and i noticed that and i noticed that that's the reason why my sales were low in austin was because my photo booth does not fit that target market and i know that if i have to compete in austin i need something that is like you know a wooden photo booth or you know a little bit more vintagey looking and then those are the ones that are selling the most. Absolutely. And that's a really great point, Ryan, that, um, and, and the great, great for you to, to recognize that. So, you know, that's the sort of thing that I mean about target marketing. You quickly, well, not quickly, but you eventually realized uh, what the issue <laughs> not was. Not quickly, but eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got there. And that's, that's the important thing, you know. They're, running a business, it's, it's not a, um, a sprint. It's a marathon. We've got to, you know, you just got to keep going sometimes and you, you learn by doing and, and you learn from your mistakes. But you understood then that there was no point doing an advertising campaign to Austin brides with your slick booth. Um, you had to go in with something woody and earthy, and, and that was that was that target market. So this is a prime example of understanding um, a particular ma- segment of the market, and then therefore moving forward, knowing how to reach them and reach them effectively. Um, because otherwise, if you kept going, you know, trying to reach them with your glossy booths, you would have just been blowing money. Yeah. You know, I, th- I thought it was an extremely powerful point you made that we often fall into the trap of our own thinking. And the whole process of going through and designing the avatar kind of gets you out of that mind trap that you put yourself in. And I was just telling Ryan this uh, a couple of days ago that a lot of our clients were brides. And I ran I run my business with my, my brother. So we're at this bridal show and literally everyone walking by is the avatar. It's the bride or the mom. And we have a very hard time relating to that avatar because we're not yep. Yep. a bride or mom. However, once I started, like maybe this is an advanced tip. Once you def- like find your avatar, get someone in that avatar to advocate on your behalf. So for example, once I started having my wife speak to clients who was a bride, business seemed to explode very quickly because they related to her. She understood them much better than we could. And it seemed like a more authentic connection. Such a good point, Ismail. Um, and, and, you know, being, being guys, some, you know, it's easy for us just to... to uh, although we try to relate to, to women, at the end of the day, the smarter decision really is to step back and, 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 and let our wives step in and, and be that person because, you know, when it comes to weddings and things like that, nobody really understands a wedding uh, the way a bride does when she's talking to, you know, a, a future or past bride. Um, and that, that alone was probably the difference, um, clearly the difference um, from getting you guys the business because, uh, you know, target market, reaching and talk, being able to converse with, with, uh, with like for like, it creates such a positive uh, outcome um, and a positive force. It's, it's clearly visible. Well, girl, I don't got that problem. Well, yeah, and that's the good thing. You know, it's not <laughs> gender. It's, you know, it's obviously the, there's more to it than this, but, you know, trying to... Uh, <laughs> trying to keep no the- absolutely well no well this this is the thing so uh, like I, I whenever i did flowers um you know I, it's 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 what i do for work it's not what i mean yeah i enjoyed it a little bit but it's not i mean at the end of the day it's still work but whenever i was in front of a mom or a bride if you can get me in front of a mom or a bride i will have a check 
within two weeks guaranteed that no and that and that's just that's just how it goes because i know i know i know how to identify with them i know how to play at my strengths and there was one bride that told me that she booked me specifically for that reason she goes the the guy that does my hair he goes the guy she goes the guy that does my nails literally she goes there are just things that i want done like that and it was it was just it was very interesting to me and that I really learned that I can I can play that card whenever I really want to. I mean, and and again, I I turn it on and off, and it's and it's just for work. But I mean, if you if you have an advantage, absolutely use it. I don't care. I will wear the glitteriest jacket if it's going to book me money. Absolutely, you've got to play to your strengths, and that you know that's definitely something um, that's going for you. That you know maybe blokey blokes or uh, really macho guys you know don't have going for them. Um, but you know they've got other things going for them. We can relate if we, if, you know, that we're dealing with with other other blokey blokes a lot easier. Uh, conversely, but I think underlying all of this is that regardless of how much stuff is online and and how much uh, we do do uh, that's not face to face. At the end of the day, there's nothing more powerful than face to face interaction, which is where doing expos and and being able to talk to your to your potential clients um, and relate to them face to face can be such a powerful. Um, a driver of sales, um, and that's a, a really great example of it. That it's still, you know, the world still revolves around personal connection. You know, and that's the thing I think with websites is you also have to make sure that your website plays to those strengths as well, and that you are speaking to whoever your client is. Right now, um, I think back whenever I started doing weddings about fourteen years ago. Um, back in that day, you could sell anything to a bride and they wouldn't know the difference. And then I noticed a shift about another five years after that. And you had brides that would come in and say, well, what kind of led lights do you use? And how many do you think? And I read on actually the start of Pinterest was like the worst for the wedding industry. I mean, it is the worst and the best depending on how you use it. But I had more brides coming to me with actual pictures of what they wanted. They weren't ripping out magazines anymore. They were putting boards on Pinterest. And then another, and and then right now the market is changing towards now everyone is having to market towards millennials because they're the ones about to get married right now. And they're the ones that you have to speak to. So right now, I think maybe like two days ago, I booked um, a sorority event. I said the word, texting the photo booth can text no one else that they talked to could do that and they were all up on it just because that particular feature spoke to them and their generation absolutely and, and this goes back to uh, i think what we, st- we i touched on at the start of the conversation about we're all part of tribes and despite despite you know how much civilization has advanced at our core we all still feel connected to tribes and whilst they, we're not you know sitting around a campfire anymore as a tribe we still relate to certain, you know, other parts of society, whether it's to do with music or fashion or, or whatever it might be or interests. Uh, those tribes, um, you know, they, they resonate. And, and that's a great point there, Ryan, that you've got to, with everything you do, with your marketing, your branding, your website, your language, the words you use, how you convey that, your imagery, it all has to speak to those target markets and speak to them on their level. Uh, and that's how you reach them. So we've, we've talked about the importance of defining the market why niching is good for targeting, creating avatars, and why that's important. How do you advise doing what you just said, aligning your branding, your website to your target market? And what do you tell the boothers that are not experienced with this and concerned that they're turning people away? 
Yeah, look, and this, I think once you've become clearer on your, your, who your target market is, you've done your avatars, uh, once you've, you're understanding all these concepts, I think it becomes a lot easier to actually then go ahead uh, and re-look at uh, what you've got in place, whether it's your, uh, your website or, or your advertising campaigns, and look at them with fresh eyes uh, and see what it is that you need to change to reach, that, um, to reach those people by changing that imagery and the branding and the language um, and the way that you market if you're still unsure um, or you, you're not convinced that you're doing that effectively, you really need to be talking to your clients. So that's when you really need to get on the phones to your, your past clients or your, your current clients that do fit those uh, target markets nicely and sort of talk to them, pick their brain and, and sort of tell them, look, hey, I'm really, I'm really glad to have you as a client but I, and I want to get more clients like you. But I need to understand what it is about me and my business that, that drew you to me. And then from that feedback, um, you might be able to dig deeper and focus on certain key elements that you need to change or, or, um, or that, that are highlighted that you need to focus further on, on, on making sure that that uh, alignment with those target markets is being uh, made as effective as possible. Um, again, it's, it's, you know, everything requires work. Nothing comes easily in business. Uh, that, you know, it's very few people that can just throw something together and it all just works it's a constant um, work in progress. So people ha- have to be prepared to do the work, but it's worth doing because of the results. You know, once they come, you'll see, some things can happen so quickly from little changes. Yeah, and I think the main thing that I'm taking away from this and hopefully the listeners are picking up on is the importance of focusing, focusing on a market. Even what you just said about talking to your clients and finding out why they decided to work with you and focusing on that strength, doubling down your strengths and kind of, you know, Ironically, and maybe not what you'd expect, the more you focus and the more you drill down into a certain niche and focus on your strengths, the better your business ends up doing. Absolutely. The clearer you get, the clearer your message gets, the easier it is to reach your target. The, the louder they hear your message, the more likely they are to book you. And, and that's you know, why we're doing this at the end of the day. We want, we want clients. Um, and you know, when you do get focused and you do get very clear, um, it makes everything so much easier. You're advertising um, your message and your, your ability for that message to be heard. Um, but the harder part is just doing doing the process. You've got to go through the process to get there. So, Justin, have you? Um, I know you you run the event in Australia BoothCon, and you've worked with a lot of other photo boothers. Have you run into people having issues with like the psychology and the mindset behind like really targeting their business into one segment, or do you think it's something that's easy for people to do? I have I have a hunch that it's probably difficult for people to. Uh, really turn away other segments of the of their business and focus on one area yeah absolutely especially new boothers we've got you know you go into there thinking i just want all the business i just want to grow my business and i'll take anyone and everyone and i'll drop my price and i'll offer this and i'll and i'll give away that um you get into that mindset of of just give me give me give me and, and take 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 and I'll, I'll do everything and anything um and it's very it's a very hard change in mindset to decide to sit back and say hey actually no you're not who i'm after um, I won't take your booking or I'm not going to go down that avenue. I'm not going to give you a hundred bucks off just to get your business. Uh, you're right. Ismail, it's a very hard thing for people to do. And it's a mindset change and it, and it takes work. But I think um, when people can be demonstrated and see case studies of other businesses doing that, um, it probably gives them a lot more confidence to try it for themselves. And I certainly noticed uh, through BoothCon and, um, and even just reading you know, uh, through some of the Facebook groups and stuff, 
when there's case studies shown from from you know uh, some of the thought leaders and the, the the people within our industry that people look up to, where they say, "Hey guys, I did this in my business, and here's the turning point. This is where I decided I no longer wanted to do general house parties anymore, and I focused solely on corporate. And now I you know I grew my business, and we can show people clear facts and figures of how that actually works. I think that gives people the confidence to try it. But it's a leap of faith, absolutely. And and with any leap of faith, it's it's hard for, for people to let go of their previous um, thinking. But, um, I, you know, I've, I've very rarely seen anyone who's done it when they've done it properly that have failed. Um, if you've set everything up right and you, you make smart decisions and you, you know exactly how to pivot and how to change your business, um, there is a, very, there's a better than um, average chance that you're going to succeed. Um, but you've got, you do have to go in there with a lot of confidence and, and, and some faith as well. Have you ever had a client that wanted something last minute, like a specific backdrop or theme props? Are you tired of boas that disintegrate and leave a mess? Brian Ginsberg from PB Backdrops has bailed me out plenty of times. Give him a call or take a look at the website. He can help you with anything you need and get it shipped to you quickly. He's offering such a great deal to our listeners. 10% off your order using promo code SUPERBOOTHERS. Visit his website at pbbackdrops.com. And now, back to the show. Justin, we're going to finish up with a couple of questions. Yes. It's our little lightning round. And so just answer first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. What, what is the best thing you like about photo booths? The experience. The, it, for me, it's just the experience. It's just fun. What is your best memory from working an event? Um, oh, God, so many over all the years. Just the smiles from clients when afterwards when they say to you, that was the best. I just had so much fun. Thank you. What is the craziest thing you've ever had happen at event? Uh, I had unattended automated photo booths. So I always saw everything Uh post event. Uh um, And I've had my booths in strip joints in in the city. No. Yes. (laughs) The pictures went, it was a staff party. So the pictures were X-rated. So did you have... Like yeah. you have to put in your credit card information to look at the pictures. Like, can we put I this on our show notes? And it was my booth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind what you do with the information. It's um, yeah. I've told lots of people. In fact, I blogged about it on my own personal uh, website, justinjowett.com. There's a blog about it and some um, pictures. I did black out the nudie bits and I put. I'll bet you did. <laughs> I, I love that you said nudie bits, pictures, but they're still risque enough. Um, but you know, I've got the hardcore porn pictures. Uh, Still here's probably somewhere on file, saved on a hard drive somewhere in the office. <laughs> Nudie <Nicky> bits. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, how do you vi- define success? Uh, it's not by money. For me, it's by accomplishment. So setting a goal um, and achieving it. That's success okay. to me. Yeah, for me, it's money. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, there's what, no wrong it. <laughs> what, um, what advice would you give to boothers looking to grow their business? Do the work, research, you know, listen to these podcasts, get taken as much as you can. But then at some point you need to stop taking in the information and start doing. So I think a lot of boothers can fall into the trap of just constantly uh, wanting to listen and listen and listen, but they're not actively deciding for themselves what uh, they're going to actually uh, affect a change on. And it's really important that you take the, some information. You don't need to do everything, but start making some changes and, um, and working on, on, on key areas. And lastly, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier? Uh, 
that, that, that there is a target market for everyone. In the early days, I used to fret over every new competitor that came into my market, thinking they're taking my, you know, my kids' money away. Um, and that was, you know, that's back in 2010, 11. My mindset has completely changed now. I embrace, I embrace the market and I embrace the, cha- the changes and the new uh, competitors that are coming in and doing great things. But um, yeah, it, I wish I knew that there was a target market for everyone. I would have been clearer that everything was going to be okay early on. Fantastic. Justin, thank you so much for being with us. Pleasure, guys. Great talking to you. This was a lot of fun. It was a privilege. Happy to have you on and learned a lot. I took a bunch of notes myself that I hope to incorporate to my business and I hope the listeners do the same. Awesome. Pleasure, Ismail. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and tag us at Superboothers. And please remember to submit your questions online at www.superboothers.com. Remember to subscribe and don't forget to join us next week. We publish on Wednesdays.